Welcome to the Fort Collins Symphony Podcast. We are talking with Avery Galliano today. Avery is joining us in just a couple weeks to play Mozart's 24th Piano Concerto with the orchestra. So Avery, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you play Mozart with us. Um, I wondered if we could start a little lighter. What did you do for Christmas this year? So my family and I, we took a trip out to the Grand Canyon. And um, Christmas Day, we actually hiked into the canyon and back up. So it took us 11 hours. We couldn't walk the next day. We were so sore. But it was absolutely incredible. Just really inspiring to be out there in nature. Um, And, you know, it's for those of you who haven't been, it's just a really fantastic place to visit. You go see all the layers of rock and it's very deceiving because it's hard to get a sense of the depth. Um, but as you, as you travel and as you, as you hike, you get to experience all of that. So we were there for two days and then spent the rest of the holidays in Sedona from our hiking. Since you were going in December, was it, was it cold? Does it get cold in down there? It was cold, surprisingly. Um, and I guess this perhaps it's just me. I have this misconception that every every place that's warm is all is warm year round. But it was in the low thirties in in the oh. upper rim of the Grand Canyon, and in Sedona it was a little warmer. I would yeah. say the fifties. Yeah. Have you been to Colorado before? I have been to Colorado. I actually spent the summer there. Um, Last summer, I was in Vail for two weeks. Oh, okay, yeah. And I've also been to Aspen twice. Mm-hmm. So I'm somewhat familiar with Colorado. Color- when I moved here, I was expecting it to just be cold all the time. That was my perception. And it turned out to be a lot yeah. hotter in the summers than I, th- than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful out there. So I'm really looking forward to being there this, this time of year. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I don't get caught in any snowstorm how's the weather been so far you know we had snow a couple we had snow about a week ago and it's it's still kind of here because it's been cold um you know you, you just never know in january february what we're gonna get it'll be fine for a couple weeks and then we'll get it all all down out of nowhere so um mm-hmm. i mean most weeks it's fine it's just here and there so i think we'll be good we'll be we'll be good <laughs> yeah fingers crossed <laughs> yeah yeah and so you're you're playing Mozart 24 with us. Um, what's your history relationship with this piece? Have you performed it before, um, or how many times have you performed it? Could you just give us an overview? Yeah, so I actually performed this once last year, almost mm. the same time, um, so exactly a year ago, and um, it's the. Well, Mozart only wrote two piano concertos in the minor key, and I did learn the D minor one first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always feel like I kind of ticked off a box once once I learned this concerto. Um, it's, I mean, it's hard to know where to begin with this piece, but <laughs> it's just such a monumental Mozart concerto and piano concerto in general. It's extremely dramatic and um, it's just working through it has been a pleasure and continues to be one as I revisit the piece a year later. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw you performing it again shortly after, right? 
Yes. Yes. Uh, with the Louisville Orchestra. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, Mozart only wrote. He, how many piano concertos did he do? Was it twenty-seven? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah, and only two are in minor, and he wrote forty-one symphonies, and only two of those are in minor, also. So, um, yeah, it's always it's always interesting to see how those are different. Um, I've I've seen that some some critics, some people, absolutely say that twenty-four was his best piano concerto. How do you feel about that? Oh, I don't like putting labels on on best yeah. or worst um, because it's it's such a personal thing. And also, I find with I mean, certainly it's one of his greatest. But um, also, you know, as musicians, we're we're temperamental as well. And <laughs> as we work through a piece, we could this could be our world, and then maybe we move to a different piano concerto and that becomes our world and so i can't say it's it's the best or not the best um yeah but i could understand i could certainly understand why many people feel that way yeah yeah um when you're preparing when you're preparing mozart or mozart concerto how is that different than preparing something bigger like like rachmaninoff or tchaikovsky what what is that process like for you hmm you know, I don't view it, I don't view the process itself any differently. I think what makes a difference is the fact that it is Mozart mm-hmm. and it is a completely different style of writing from Rachmaninoff or Brahms. And so what you have to consider as, or what I consider as I work through this music is the style um, the, the format of the writing in relationship to the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Mozart and this concerto specifically, there's so much dialogue between the soloist and the orchestra. Um, and I think that's what makes this concerto actually rather unique for its time, um, the amount of involvement and dialogue and exchange. And so I have to be very conscious of that as I work through this piece and really know what's happening in the orchestra so that I'm not just focused only on my own part and what I'm playing, but to know that it's a conversation. And so I have to be in tune and aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. Could you describe more what, what, how it's a dialogue and how that may differ from earlier music? Yeah. So in, in the early piano concertos, um, it's, very strictly, you have the tutti, which is another word for the the orchestra part where just the orchestra is playing. And then you have the soloist entrance and they they play their they play their bit and then it's back to the orchestra and then it's back to the soloist. And so you have this kind of back and forth, but it's very clearly marked. Um, and with this concerto and feel free to elaborate. Uh, with me on this, but there are a lot of melodies that are exchanged um, within the solo section, for example, even as the piano has their melody, there are counter melodies that you hear in the orchestra that are playing off of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically in the second movement, you get a lot of that with the winds. 
So I, I guess Mozart was sort of at this time pushing the round, pushing the boundaries more, um, pushing the format of the piano concerto more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in, instead of orchestra solo, orchestra solo, there's a lot more overlap of the two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. What do you hope people take away from this performance? How do you want them to be changed? What do you want them to experience while you're playing? And that maybe not this performance only, but all of your performances. What's your what's your philosophy of what how the audience should be different on the other side of it? Well, I think it's just that that the audience is different. Um, I would never prescribe an audience to, to feel a specific way after the performance. I think the goal is, or my goal as a performer is just to move people. And so um, I'd hope that people going in are transformed in whatever way they are. Um, it, it might not be the outcome that I had expected hmm. um, or that I would have experienced if I were in the audience, but just the fact that they're able to experience something and come away with new ideas, new thoughts, or new feeling is the most I could ask for. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last movement is a theme and variations. Uh, could you explain what that is quick and then maybe share some of your favorite ways that Mozart, that Mozart plays with that? Yes. So a theme and variation is a form of music where you have a theme and then it reiterates, but slightly different each time. And so you'll hear the opening statement and then it'll come back again, but perhaps the left hand will have changed or the rhythm might even be slightly varied. And it could even, you know, sometimes in, in music composers, it's very common to write the theme in the opposite key. So if it was in a, in a major key, key then um, you then hear an iteration of the theme that's in a minor key. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mozart was really creative in applying this form to the third movement. Um, I guess it's what, to me, I don't think to have a specific a specific um favorite favorite moment of the third movement but i do there's one one variation where you have triplets in the left hand and it's very rhythmic and powerful and i i just love that one because it's so exciting to play and it it really just projects this this power and strength um Mm. and it brings in the orchestra in a really awesome way as well this idea that Mozart is very classical Um, but I think what he shows through this piece and hopefully what I hope to convey is that it's quite the contrary you know it is full of risk-taking it is very dramatic Um, it is really heightened heightened theater in a way Um, and so I hope people 
and listeners when they come that they will be able to experience this whole range of emotion and excitement and character. Yeah. Yeah. We always try to remind people that Mozart was an opera composer and there is so much drama and so much character. Mm -hmm. It's not just pretty background music. Yeah. Like a lot of people listen to Mozart. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I wanted to talk a little bit. Um, I know you, you really like pop music and you write some, you do some songwriting. Is that right? Yeah. I was, I was curious about, um, because so many classical musicians don't touch the pop world at all. I, I do. I love, I, um, I I work with a rock orchestra in, in Denver. So, so I love, I love that world and it's, and it's so different. I heard in another interview, um, you talking about this, um, but what, what are those two worlds like for you? Like the, and I hate, I hate to say the serious classical and the more fun pop, but I, I hope you know what I mean. What's, what's the difference between those two for you? Well, classical music requires a lot more focus, I find. And it, I was just talking to a friend about this the other day, actually. I find, and this might just be me, but I need a certain buffer period of like a few days of really Mm. becoming fully absorbed in this world before I feel like I've hit the point where, um, you know, everything in my mind is is focused and uh, I'm fully present in this in this world mm-hmm. in classical music. And yeah. that's just been my experience as a performer, um, whereas pop is just so immediately accessible. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. There are probably many reasons for that if you really wanted to break it down. But, um, yeah, just... At face value, I think pop is is so much more on the surface, and so it's really easy to to listen to um, and then to put it aside. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost it's almost fun in that way, where it's mm-hmm. it take it takes less of an investment to get that to get that fulfillment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different, it's a very different fulfillment. Again, I don't, I don't want to say one is better than the other, but um, I always, I always wish more classical musicians had more of a pop background. Cause we, I think we get too intellectual about music. Sometimes we forget about yeah. that. Most people are walking around listening to pop music and we, we want to connect with them also. Yeah. Well, I'm fortunate because I grew up in a family that listened to literally every kind of music. So mm-hmm. um, I, I do have that background. Um, but it, most of my friends, they love listening to pop as well. Yeah. We, we're, we're all serious classical musicians, but we appreciate all other genres of music. Yeah. What are, what are some of your favorite non-classical artists right now? Oh, um, I've been in a bit of an R&B phase, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't list any specific artists, but um, in addition to that, I've listened to a lot of Bozzy, and I like Charlie Puth a lot. Um, he's mm-hmm. one of my favorite songwriters. So I kind of go on rotation. What's the, what's the hardest part of, of what you do? I think the hardest part of... Being a pianist mm-hmm. is the 
amount of solitude we experience. <laughs> um, you know, we are a one-man band. And so when you're working through music, it's just you and the piano. And you have to hold yourself accountable. And sometimes that's very difficult to do. Um, also, when you perform, um, that's why performing with orchestra is so exciting because you get to meet other musicians and play with other musicians, and it's a lot of fun. But when you're playing solo recitals, again, it's just you alone on stage, and you are responsible for for carrying everything through. So I, I would say that's the biggest challenge of being a pianist. Um, and then on the flip side, um, it's as a musician, it's just so easy to connect with, yeah. with other musicians. You know, we're like one big family, even though we haven't all met each other. But when you do, we we understand each other and we can play with each other. We can read, read music, make music together. So that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you mostly do solo recitals? where you are now and then sometimes you play with orchestra is that right yes although actually this season or i guess this in the spring it's mostly concerto performances okay um, which is new for me because i'm used to having maybe one or two a year but i have mm-hmm. a little more mm-hmm. this time around yeah i'm so I'm always so interested in um what you know, the, the different contexts that people like to play. Some people really like to focus on chamber music or solo or orchestral. And I'm curious, you know, zoom zoom forward 20 years, like what is your ideal yeah. mix of, of playing look like? Um, I see myself mostly as a chamber and soloist, mm-hmm. uh, like solo recital. I, um, as much as I love performing with orchestra, I think long-term career-wise, I, I'm not going to be the artist that is constantly playing with with huge orchestras all the time. Um, I really love chamber music for the intimacy that that you get and being able to work closely with um, just a few few musicians. And I really hope to see myself doing a lot more of that. Um, I've been very fortunate at my school at Curtis that they really foster and encourage us to play chamber music, chamber music. So I've, since I was young, I've been playing a lot of it. Um, and I hope that can be a part of my, my career moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just about everybody that we, that we interview for this show is playing a concerto with the orchestra. Um, and just about everybody I think has said that that chamber music is, is their favorite thing. And I I look I look back at when I was when I was in school still getting to play chamber music every week and I just I just love it. There's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. What is your instrument, by the way? I play violin. Okay. I, you can. It's right there. That's <laughs> the corner oh, of my case. Oh, there it is. All right. <laughs> Our last question is: um, Do you have a f- fun hobby, skill, interest, something? something that's unique that people may not know about you or that people can't read about in your bio? Um, well, apart from songwriting, mm-hmm. I am a big cook. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, I really love spending time in the kitchen. I'm a foodie, first of all, so wherever I travel, I always like 
the tribe places. Um, that's one of my favorite parts of traveling. But I also, when I'm home, I like to, to cook a lot. And um, I, I really cook anything. Um, I also used to bake a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of lost the time for it. Plus, my family could never finish everything <laughs> I, I baked. So <laughs> there was that problem as well. But yes, that that's something most people wouldn't know about me perhaps do you do you have like a signature dish that you make when people come over or or anything like that no not really um i do a lot of asian cooking because my mom's chinese so um maybe i would if if i had you over i might make stir fry tofu or or meat dish um or pasta I guess on the flip side, <laughs> we're not getting very innovative here. Um, I would come up with something. Okay. Okay. You wouldn't right. be disappointed. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure I would not. <laughs> I, lo- I love cooking too. Um, yeah. Great. Is is there anything else you want to add? Anything you want to send the listeners off with? Um, we'll encourage them, of course, to to come to the concert. We'll have more information in the description. Um, any any final words to uh to the listeners just thank you for listening and yeah i i hope to see you on february for it yeah yeah fantastic um and we'll we're live streaming this this concert so we'll be you can see it even if you're not even if you're not in fort collins in person you can we'll be live streaming it as well fantastic perfect avery thank you so much for for being here looking forward to working with you in a couple weeks likewise jeremy thank you Thank you so much.